It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now here's your host, Ted Ramey. So the Arizona Coyotes are still in this. Sharks three, Arizona two. Burns makes the defensive play. Oh boy, Couture put it back. Ferraro feeds it ahead. Here's Hurdle. Empty net. Shoot. Score. Jacob Chikrin trying to get in the way, but Hurdle deked around him and drilled it into the empty net with 36.3 seconds to go. And that is going to cap it. An empty net goal. Sharks four, Coyotes two. Obviously a good start. I thought they pushed hard after that. We weren't very good in the second period. We didn't have a lot of execution. Um, you know, we turned the puck over a little bit and I just thought they won more battles than us in the second. And I thought we started off, uh, you know, we came hard in the third. Our first three or four shifts, the third were strong. We established our game and then we took that penalty. Uh, Carly took that penalty and sort of gave him a little life. But uh, yeah, I, you know, both teams had power plays and, and neither could score. And, you know, I thought that we, we battled hard and, uh, you know, it was a game where, you know, we rolled four lines we try to play everybody uh, and put young guys in certain positions uh, um, and give them chances on the power play and things like that and penalty kills. So uh, we got a lot accomplished, I thought. Good morning, everyone. For the first time since the 4th of April, you are waking up back-to-back -back winners as the Sharks regain their game a little bit compared to what we saw during that eight-game losing streak. The Sharks right now, two wins in a row and playing better. Unfortunately, it probably seems like too little too late. They are not done with mathematically. However, it does seem unlikely considering St. Louis has two games in hands on the Shark and they are five points ahead. But I will say this, it is not over until it is over. And the one fear that I have, however, is that the Sharks are going to have a great finish and end up finishing one or two points out of that final playoff spot. And we're all going to rue the eight game losing streak that much more. But that's not what you got to worry about right now. Right now, you just got to focus on the good things that are happening with the San Jose Sharks. And I, it doesn't surprise me that when the playoffs suddenly seemed unreachable, that now the Sharks seem to be playing better hockey, that maybe some of that pressure was getting to the guys, that maybe they were constantly trying too hard, trying to make something happen, trying to get a reaction to the guys, trying to get something to really occur on the ice that wasn't going to occur in and of itself naturally. There was an ebb and flow of the season for a team that was not particularly exceptional and this team if they are in the hunt for that final playoff spot in the final week of the season which it's possible that's kind of going to jive with our overall thoughts that we had at the beginning of the year I mean we pretty much continually said that we thought the Sharks were going to be in a battle for that fourth and final spot and they are hovering around that spot only five points out there is some disappointment because over that eight game stretch you felt if you had just won a couple of those you'd be in a much better position however that's not what happened. And right now, it's actually leading to some interesting things as falling out of it also allows them now to inject some more younger guys into their lineup. And I think it's had maybe not the in intended response because there's never a reaction of, 
well, we're going to plug in guys who don't have as much experience and expect a better turn of play. But I think that you get fresh legs. I think that you get veterans viewing things under the guise of giving guys opportunity and giving guys the chance to really get their game going and get a chance for evaluation. They view themselves more as in, I don't know if it's not difference makers, but they take on a little bit more of a mentoring role and they might have to simplify their game just because they don't know if the other newer guys are going to be able to play up to their level in terms of trying to make things happen and trying to do things that it would be more of their game if they had everybody of established veterans out there. But you put all these things together, the fresh legs, the maybe a little bit more of a simplified game, and maybe a known need for a bit more juice from the start of the game, you're getting what the Sharks are showing you right now, which is a much better performance, particularly to be able to take the lead early, to not go behind early, not be chasing a game. The Sharks, all over these two games, were in control of the pace of play, were in control of the game from the get-go, and you see how important that is. I mean, it's not rocket science to say, hey, if you get a lead early, that's going to do good things for you because that's that's not difficult to figure out. The point, however, is that they're not just getting a lead early. They're getting the lead early. They're not relinquishing the lead. They're responding well to the other team's pushback, and whatever lulls they are happen- having, it's not turning into a collapse. It's not turning into the Sharks completely losing their games and forgetting what got them to that point in the game of being in control. There's always going to be pushback. There is always going to be a response. And when you go up against you know, a team like the Coyotes that has established veterans like they do with Phil Kessel, you're going to get that pushback. It is inevitable. So even when you're up 3 nothing, you can't really take your foot off the gas. What you can do, however, is be prepared for the inevitable pushback that's going to come from the other team. I thought the Sharks did a decent job of doing that. And yes, it turned into a 3-2 game at one point, and you have a 4-2 final. But the fact is, the Sharks were able to handle what Arizona brought at them. The Sharks were able to handle the pressure. They didn't collapse. They stayed true to their game. They took some bad penalties. That Eric Carlson had a, had a bad game overall. He was minus two. And I thought that he made some poor decisions at some critical junctions. However, the Sharks were able to respond to it. The Sharks were able to step up to the moment. The one thing out of this game that remains disappointing is the power play. I mean, the power play right now is just not doing anything. And there were points of the game where you said, boy, if you could get a goal here, you could really make life a lot easier. That's not what happened. So it's too late to quote unquote fix the power play. You have one eighth of your season left. And even if you did score out from here to the rest of the year and had a much higher success rate, you'd feel like it was too little too late. And I think you'd also be frustrated that you didn't figure it out sooner. But uh, listen, if they do score, I'm not going to I'm not going to be against it. But it just it's something they need to work on because it's two consecutive years now they've had trouble with the power play. And I know that you can look at top end talent and the team not being what they used to be and I, listen, I get it. I 100% understand all those claims, but you have to figure out ways to succeed in spite of that. And that's on the coaches as much as it is on the players. They've got to figure out a way to succeed. They've got to figure out a way to make that a more impactful factor of their game. Because if you go back over the course of this year and you do get more power play goals, you do make that more of a factor, it changes the dynamic. It doesn't change everything. It doesn't make you into a world beater. It doesn't immediately make you one of the best teams in the NHL. But by being poor on the power play, you're not doing yourself any favors in terms of forcing the issue at hand, in terms of capitalizing on situations where you can get yourself back into a game or give yourself some more distance in a game. Winning the special teams battle in each and every individual game can go a long way in helping you win the game. This, again, is not rocket science. 
but the Sharks too often this year have not been able to take advantage of situations that they should and need to take advantage of. The flip side of that is that the Sharks have been, once again, pretty good on the penalty kill. They are above average. They're 12th in the league heading into this morning, and that helps counterbalance some of the problems you've had on the power play. But if you have both humming, you can certainly put yourself in a better situation overall. And by the way, I hate having what feel like post-mortem takes on the Sharks considering the season is not yet over. But it is hard to look at everything we've been seeing and not identify these problems as things that need to be rectified rather rapidly. The Sharks cannot go into another year having a power play that is a factor and a negative one for a third consecutive year. That has got to be fixed. Right now, the Sharks have a couple of things to focus on. Primarily, it's just playing better hockey and understanding Bob Bugner's system that much more. And I think that that is what they're doing right now in terms of the younger guys. Your older guys, your established veterans, your star players, they understand the system. I think sometimes they play outside of it because they are trying to get the Sharks back into the game. That's to be expected relatively. But right now you're getting this chance to look at younger guys and seeing what they can do. You know, Barabanov has come in and immediately made an impact. That's what you're expecting from guys that you're giving opportunity because guys want to capitalize. Guys want to make the most of that situation. And in two games, he's had a goal, he's had an assist, and he certainly helped the Sharks get off on the right foot last night. Moving in, Sharks have a chance. Tic-tac-toe, Couture to Barabanov, and then in front, right to Evander Kane, the Sharks score. At 1-12 of the first period, what a beautiful goal that is. Evander Kane gets credit for the goal, and that is absolutely gorgeous. And Ruzi's 100% accurate there. When you see the puck move like that with the accuracy, with the speed, with the precision, there's nothing that the defense, and in particular the goalie, can do. It's beautiful hockey. We've seen it happen to the Sharks this year. Whenever it has happened, whenever puck movement that is that crisp and that precise occurs, you call it as you see it. It's almost indefensible. There's nothing as the opposition that you can do to stop it. And when your team does it, you just appreciate it that much more because it's indicative of chemistry. It's indicative of harmony out there on the ice. It's understanding where guys need to be. It's understanding where they can see the spaces, where they can make opportunities. It's awesome. It's awesome to watch. And the Sharks were able to capitalize in that instance. This is what Bugner had to say about the play of Barabanov. Yeah, obviously you could tell on that, especially in the first goal, the uh, the skill level and then and, and his uh, vision out there. So I think he fits in nicely on that line right now. Uh, and again, I said this after game one, not knowing the, the player too, too uh, well. I like what he provides in, in situations where he's getting crashed on in the wall and he doesn't have a lot of time and space. And just making uh, his puck management, you could tell he's uh, a little bit older, a little bit wiser, and he doesn't panic. And uh, so it's uh, it's good to see. I thought he, you know, he helps us on our power play. Um, you know, and settles things down. He's a little more of a skilled player there. So, um, so far, so good. And you're in a great place once again right there at this point in the game. You're just over a minute in. You're up by a goal. Vander Kane's got his 20th goal of the year, sixth consecutive year, scoring 20 goal goals or more. And he's hot right now, and I want to see it continue. I want to see him get the most out of his game for the remainder of this year. But from that point, you, you see the Sharks up a goal, controlling the pace of things, really pushing hard, really trying hard to make things happen. And then, boom, you get another goal from Balsers. Couture on the ice now with Leonard and Balsers. They muscle it across the line. Here's Balsers jumping up two-on-one with Leonard. Balsers moving in. Back in shot. Score! Balsers looked at Leonard and then said, I'm at full speed. I'm going to go for this with a backhand. And he deked 
went to the backhand side and banged it home. 9.54 to go in the first period of play. And for Rudolph's Balsers of the Sharks, that is his seventh of the year. Sharks two, Coyotes nothing. Cooch and, uh, you know, Lenny did a good job on the blue line. And they puck kind of squared out. And uh, I just heard, uh, I think it was uh, Lenny calling 2-2. And, uh, you know, the D-man kind of cheated on him and uh, just saw open ice and just took it to the net. That's Rudolph Balsers on what happened in that goal. And for a second consecutive game, the Sharks are out to a 2-0 lead. You're halfway through the first period. And for a second consecutive game, the Sharks are out to a multiple goal lead. And they are dictating the pace of play. And they are clearly the better team on the ice. To hammer that home, they then get that goal from Kevin LeBanc. Loose puck back behind the Sharks' goal. Set off the boards there, far side. True couldn't get to it, though. Ferraro does. Couldn't clear. Held in by Galagoski. Sent it off with a stick, taking it back true. Guns went down the ice, and Gregor's got him beaten down the left wing side. He cuts back behind the net, centers in front, true. The shot toward the goal, save made, rebound, score! Kevin LeBanc was in front of the net, may have chipped that one home. And the Sharks score a wacky goal, but wacky goals count just as much as the beauties do. LeBanc gets credit for it at 14.08, Sharks three, Coyotes nothing. So, A, you get a younger guy like True getting in on the action, and he earns an assist, and he helps you score that goal. So that's big in and of itself. And then, B, Kevin LeBanc back in the lineup, and demoted is responding to that demotion and making things happen. Here's Bob Bugner on if he likes what he has seen from Timo Meyer and Kevin LeBanc, who scored the goal in light of their demotion. Yeah, I thought uh, both guys showed better tonight. I thought that, uh, you know, what I've been really hammering on the, both of those guys uh, uh, is the details of their game. and. You know, they're both good players with the puck and offensively. And, and, uh, um, but we need that 200 foot game out of both of them. And to play in the top six in this league and, and you're playing against top lines, especially on the road, you need to be able to play in all three zones. And, uh, um, so we're hammering details with them, I thought, uh, a lot better tonight. And, and, you know, we're trying to give some young guys opportunities, obviously, but, and, and, and trying to roll four lines and, and spread out the ice time here. So, um, you know, it's good to, you know, sort of have, uh, some skill on each line as well. We're not going to mince words here. We all expected Kevin LeBanc and Timo. Meyer to be better this year and they were being paid to be better and they were expected to be better and you're getting the intended response right you know Kevin LeBanc he was out also with an injury for a game but he's back out there and immediately makes his impact felt on the ice you score a goal it's going to make up for any other deficiencies you have over the course of the game and I can't tell you that Kevin LeBanc was perfect on that night but he capitalized in a big moment found the back of the net and was able to help the Sharks get out to a three nothing lead now after that point you did have a quick pushback from the Arizona Coyotes. But let's talk about both Kevin LeBanc and Timo Meyer for a second because they both got off to slow starts to the year. I believe LeBanc's first goal came off banking it off the back of the opposition. I can't remember if it was Bennington who he did that against, but it doesn't matter. The fact is that Kevin LeBanc got off to a slow start and Timo Meyer got off to a slow start. And next year, both of those guys, assuming they're still here, anything can happen in the offseason, so I just throw that out there to cover my own ass in case they're not here. Both those guys have got to be better right off the start next year. That's got to be their focus, is that games, when assuming we have an 82-game regular season, which I have to imagine we will, you got to be more impactful from games 1 through 20 of the season. It can't take you 10, 15, and 20 games to get going to find your game, to find your rhythm, to find your offense, especially not in a 56-game season. They needed to be better early on. They were not. And overall, these two guys need to be more impactful and more consistent night in, night out. Sometimes, in particular, Timo Meyer 
plays with power, plays with speed, plays a physical game that you can feel the reverberations of all over the ice. And other nights, it feels like he's invisible. And I don't know what the coaching staff needs to do. I don't know what Timo Meyer needs to do with his own mentals before a game. But when Timo Meyer makes those physical plays, when he is using all of his speed and his power and his size and strength, it has such a tangible effect on the game. I mean, I feel those games where Timo Meyer has really, really been finishing his checks and really using his body, it really seems to change a dynamic out there on the ice. And when you have guys out there, I mean, I know the intended line at the start of the year was going to be Hurdle, Kane, and Meyer. Playing those three guys together, having a line of big bodies like that, you saw what the intention was, and you imagine it was the slow play of Timo Meyer that broke things up, and you saw Leonard up there, and you saw Kane move to the top line, and they were just trying to figure it out. But whatever the plan is next year, and however the Sharks do situate themselves, wherever Timo Meyer is, he needs to be better from game number one. It's two straight years that he's had slow starts, that he has not been able to get his game going right off the bat, and that needs to change. And it's a relatively similar story for Kevin LeBanc. But for Kevin LeBanc to respond to the demotion, get back out there on the ice in light of the injury, and be able to make something happen, the coaches are going to notice that. And much to Kevin LeBanc's credit over the course of the year, many times where he has been called out by the coaching staff or if he's been demoted, dropped to a lowered line, he has come back with strong performances. But it can't just be a one- or two-game thing, right? It's got to be more consistent. It's got to be more game in, game out. It's got to happen right from the get-go. And those are two guys that are critical for the Sharks' success because we know what a Logan Couture, what a Tomas Hurdle, what an Evander Kane are going to bring. And you see the evolution of guys like a Rudy Balsers, who, is, who you hope and I would assume is here next year. Jonathan Leonard, his game has been growing. It's not been the most consistent all over the year, but the onus isn't there, and you do expect him to get better, but he wasn't expected to be the answer this year. Timo Meyer and Kevin LeBanc were expected to be relative answers this year to the lack of star power out there on the ice. Even though Timo Meyer is a very good player here on the Sharks, he is not Joe Pavelski. And I think that Timo Meyer in particular was looked at as a guy that could help make up the loss of Joe Pavelski's offense in light of them letting him go. It feels like Evander Kane was looked at as one of those guys who could make up the offense, and he's done his job once again. Evander Kane coming through with a great year for the Sharks, but Timo Meyer, he is needed to help make up that offense, and he hasn't done it. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll get more into postgame reaction on the other side. You are on Morning Tide. Coors Light wants to help you catch a Sharks game from the best seats in the house. Just share a photo of your Sharks at-home game setup to sjsharks.com slash home ice for a chance to win Coors Light Silver Seats tickets, Sharks gear, and more. Winners will be chosen weekly. So post a pic showing how you watch the Sharks to sjsharks.com slash home ice today. 2021 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Must be 21 or older. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. You know, I thought he was uh, solid. I thought he uh, um, kept it simple. He competes hard, as you can see. I think he, uh, you know, his puck movement was, you know, was was neat and it was it was clean. Yeah, I just thought he kept everything in front of him. So for a first game, it's really all you can ask uh, for for a guy that's never played in this league before. You want to make sure that he keeps everything in front of him um, and that he's battling down low and making simple plays of the puck. So I thought he uh, uh, he did extremely well for himself. That's Bob Bugner bringing us back in on Morning Tide. Speaking of Brinson Pashnuk, who made his debut for the San Jose Sharks.
Sharks and in the NHL last night. The youth movement is afoot for the San Jose Sharks, at least for the remainder of this year, as they continue to evaluate and get a look at talent up close and personal. And obviously he liked what he saw in Pashnik, but it wasn't just him out there on the ice last night. You had other young players, including Yosef Kozhinash, who had a second consecutive win and really made up for some big goals that he let go by him just a game prior. Bob Bugner. I thought uh, um, early when they had some chances, he uh, he was good in the first. And yeah, I thought we battled hard in front of them. And uh, RD did a pretty good job of boxing out and picking up sticks and, and not giving them uh, uh, any seconds and third opportunities for the most part. But uh, yeah, you could tell um, he looked a little more comfortable in there tonight. And uh, um, I know he wasn't happy about a couple of the goals the other night. So it was good he, he went back and, uh, you know, and, and found his game. And here's Tomas Hurdle on his fellow countryman of a goalie. Yeah, I'm, you know, really happy for him you know and and you know he got two 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 wins already you know because he's super nice kid you know bar works really hard you know and you know because he's my check man so we talk a lot you know and it's nice to nice to get him you know a couple of wins and a little bit more confident too and i think last two games he make a couple of big save for us too and and i think he will just get better too every game and overall the fact that these younger guys that are getting an opportunity are responding they are playing better they are doing what they are asked to do out there on the ice and it's led to two wins for the sharks and i'm not going to say this is one causing the other because there's obviously so many factors at work but it's something i go back to all this year is that guys are getting rewarded with their performances out there on the ice here's hurdle on the overall vibe with the young guys around yeah, you know, it's uh, a, little, a little different because last couple of years, you know, we got a lot older guys and I, I was still like two years ago or three years ago, the youngest almost guy on the team, you know, and now, you know, I'm almost like uh, with the older group and and it, it's fun, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, up to us, you know, leaders, you know, help them out and for them, it's huge chance, you know, they have big opportunity to show up, you know, take the spot, you know, not just for this year, but next year, you know, it's a lot of open spots here, so they have they fighting and I think the last two games, they did a really good job. And the captain also talked about welcoming and preparing these younger players for the NHL. Yeah, I think it's a fine line. I think, you know, you think back to when you're a young guy and you kind of want to be left alone, but you know, if there's parts of the game that uh, a veteran guy can help out with, then uh, that's, that's an, our, our turn to, to stay something, but uh, just let them play their game and, and remind them that uh, they're here for a reason. Enjoy it. You know, there's, there's only one time you're going to play your first NHL game. So enjoy it. And I thought uh, Brinson tonight did a good job and, and played well. And we're all excited to, uh, to have guys play their first game. And uh, when they come up and play well, it's even more exciting. Yeah. You've had Kojanash, you've had Pashnuk, you've had Blickfeld this year. You've had Leonard as a young guy. You've had Balsers, maybe not as young, but previously involved with the Sharks and now getting his opportunities. I mean, True is another one. You've seen Mario Ferraro continue his ascent as one of the Sharks' better players. Having these young guys in the building, I think, is not a bad thing at all as long as they are maximizing their opportunities because you don't want to send a message that you were in rebuild mode, and I think the Sharks have done a good job of sending that message as in that this is a reset and not a rebuild, which I think are two entirely different things because if it was a rebuild, they would not still be focusing around Couture, Hurdle, Kane, Carlson, Burns, etc. They're keeping that core and building around it. They are not tearing it down to build it from the ground up once again. They know they have quality players here. They know they can do something in a positive direction. And I again, I, I like the young players out there. And listen, if this ends up being a great moment of opportunity for the San Jose Sharks where you are free from pressure, where you are naturally allowing them to develop their games at the end of a season here that has not shown a lot of promise in terms of the Sharks being upper echelon team. I'm fine by that. 
You have to maximize what you can get out of a season, and if that is developing young talent, seeing what they have in terms of your own evaluation, then make the most of it. But it does feel at least like things are a little different for the last two games, not just because they're winning, but because the guys overall just seem a little bit more loose on the ice. They don't seem as caught up in the race as they were, even if it has not entirely gone away. They're not talking about themselves actively being in the race. Here's Logan Couture. Well, we, we get out to a, a lead tonight again, up 3 nothing, pretty quick, so that always helps when you're you're playing from in front. Um, unfortunately, we had a lull in both these games where we let them back into it, and uh, you know we really had to battle it out for the, the last uh, 40 minutes there. So there's good parts of our games, but there's parts to improve as well. And Hurdle spoke to this as well. Uh, I think it was especially like the first period. You know, we every time come hard. You know, we, we don't wait for, for other teams what, what they will do us, but we just jump on them, you know, score fun and easier play when you when you got lead. You know, still we, we, we should get a better job, especially in second. You know, we're struggling this year, but I think the big difference was the first period because last, the games before we get a losing streak, so always, you know, we've been right away from first five minutes in the game, you know, losing by one goal. And you start, you know, this, you just try, you know, score right away because it's just the goals was going against us so it's always tough you know to you know play behind it but you know last two games we you know start great you know we still we have to manage the lead better than we did last couple of games now he's got a point there because for two consecutive games the sharks went up by big amounts early and then saw the other team come rushing back to make a game of it that is the difference between an elite team in the NHL and a middling team like the San Jose Sharks the elite teams are going to have that lead they're not going to see it go away the way that the Sharks have seen it go away in consecutive games, at least. I mean, every once in a while, you'll see a team get back into a game after an early deficit. That happens to any team. But it feels like it's happened consistently for the Sharks over the course of the year. They've not been able to hold on to those early leads. They've had troubles with pushback in the second period. These are hallmarks of a team that is lacking consistency. The Sharks have not been able to rectify these problems. The same things have happened over and over and over. However, I will say that the Sharks have been able to manage the pushback from the other teams better than they did earlier in the year. When we're talking about January and February, Sharks go up 1-0 in the first period, 2-0 in the first period. Second period, the other team comes roaring back and they could find themselves down 3-2 or tied 2-2 by the end of that second period. The Sharks once again saw the Coyotes get back into it in the first period with a late goal from Phil Kessel. Then you see them score again in the second period. But during the third period, Sharks played pretty well. Managed the puck well. They took a couple bad penalties, but overall, they did a lot to shut down the Coyotes, who I believe in the third period only had three shots on goal. They could not maintain possession very well at all, and you've got to give the Sharks some credit there. But another aspect that you can't overlook is that fans are back in the building, and whatever minute capacity they may be, the team feels it, and they're responding to it, in my opinion. Bob Bugner. I, I don't think it's a coincidence. I think that it's definitely uh, more lively in there and it's uh, it feels like more of a hockey atmosphere. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. I said this all along and there's no excuse because everybody in the league's dealing with it. But, uh, you know, there really is not a heck of a lot of advantage being at home these days uh, before the fans be, be, were allowed back in. So um, it's quiet as any other rink. And, uh, you know, it's a ghost town. And obviously down here in, the, um, you know, in the hallways where the regular buzz is usually in the press rooms and the media and the scrums after the game and all 
those things. It's very, very quiet. It's almost like a, you know, a practice, which is, is uh, you know, or an exhibition game or something like that. So it's been hard and, uh, but we've all had to deal with it and uh, the fans coming back supply some environment. Definitely. And Logan Couture spoke to this as well. The last two games have been very nice. Our fans are awesome. We love the support. You know, we wish there could be more of them in the building, but the ones that are here, you know, both games have done a great job. You can hear them. They're noticeable. They're into the game. It's really all, all we can ask for. Hopefully we can continue to get more as the games go on. I, I'm not sure exactly what the plan is moving forward, but, uh, you know, we love their support and we, we love that they're coming to watch us play. And I go back to my trips this year into SAP Center, and it's just, it's weird. I keep on going back to that. It's just weird when you're at that game, when everything that's set out there on the ice kind of caroms through the building, every sound just kind of bounces off all the metal and all the plastic. It just feels very cold. It does not have the same vibe at all. And I have to imagine that that has an impact on the ice. But I do wonder if without those 17,562 eyes in the building on the younger guys, if they don't feel as much pressure in these games because it doesn't have the same vibe. And I do think that for the veterans, they're used to responding to that because they are well-established into their career. They're looking for things to pick them up. They can bounce off the fans' energy. For the younger guys, they might go out there and see all those eyes, see all those bodies, and it might be a little bit intimidating, whether you're home or on the road. And so maybe this is allowing them to have a little bit more freedom. They're not going to hear, you know, any sort of negative reaction to any mistake they make. I mean, they might hear it a little bit, but still, I mean, just the difference in terms of atmosphere between, you know, the limited capacity there is now versus 17,000 plus there's really not a comparison, and that's not meant to take anything away from the fans that are there right now because you are there having natural reaction and not the can noise is huge just for the environment, for the players, but it's still not the same as those players that are new to this looking up and seeing 17,000 p- pairs of eyes studying and reacting and just dissecting everything that they do out there on the ice. There is a difference, but overall, when you watch the Sharks in the post game right now, they're playing better. The smiles have returned. It's not as tense. It's not as dark and or dire. And the Sharks were in dire need of an injection of positivity. And that's what these last two games have provided. They are looser. They are responding well to the young talents that are being brought up. The guys that have been demoted or challenged like a Kevin LeBanc have responded. Vander Kane keeps on doing his thing. Yosef Kojinash is maximizing his opportunity. It's not the ultimate scenario that you were looking for in terms of being in that playoff race, and it still could happen that they are in the final week because anything can happen. But overall, watching the team play more loose and play a better brand of hockey, it's good. It's so much better to see than an eight-game losing streak, and there's no way to get around that. All right, that wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. I will speak with you all on Saturday morning after game one against the Avs. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.